This is Money, Motivation, and Mike, and I am your host, Michael Wainwright, in charge of all the controls, audio engineer, Jason Wright. And hello to you, world. This is the show that will change your life. You can contact us at info at mx3.vip and find all of our content at mx3.vip or on YouTube at youtube.slash at mx3podcast. And don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and hit the icon bell to get notified of all of our new content that comes out every morning, morning around nine o'clock. Now, Back on this YouTube here for a minute, Jason. We've uh, our YouTube channel has really uh, appears to be taken off. We had a we had a day last week. We had thirteen hundred and eighteen views. We've had twenty one hundred and seven views in the last forty eight hours, and our time over the last seven days has been forty eight point six hours. Our subscribers over the last seven days is up twenty one percent, and for all you guys and gals that I told in the viewing and listening audience that we were going to get back to Dallas Cowboys. I am sorry. Once again, we're going to put that off. Uh, but as we always talk about the most marketing machine in professional sports is the Dallas Cowboys. The most marketing machine on money, motivation and Mike in our year and a half history, Jason is the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, it is. Episode three of the four part Dallas Cowboys that we have been covering Episode three has attracted 8,281 downloads to watch that particular episode. Now, I would say they probably turned it on to watch me, but since it has Dallas Cowboys in it, that's probably what's going on right there. All right. One little more update, because, you know, we're trying to work real hard on current events, et cetera, et cetera. And you may or may not know, and hopefully you do, that Mike Johnson, uh, the Republican from Louisiana is now our new House of Representatives speaker by unanimous vote. And uh, before we come on the air, Jason had informed me that that has not happened in at least 12 to 15 years. So I believe he is a protege of Jim Jordan and very, very conservative person. And we'll get back into that another day because we have a great, great show on tap and a very, very important subject. Jason, let me give you an alert here. Mm-hmm. The Texas bleeping Rangers are back in the World Series. How about them Rangers? For the third time ever. And I don't know how we can have an episode of Money, Motivation, and Mike and someone like myself that grew up out there in those outfield bleachers back in the 70s and into the 80s, obviously, uh, where you could go to Tom Thumb and with your Dr. Pepper can mm-hmm. and get a free ticket to sit out there in those bleachers. And if you didn't have the can, all you needed was about three bucks to get in. And it was hot out there, and but it was great. I grew up at that stadium, love it to this day. You know, that started out as a, as a stadium called Turnpike Stadium. And for the listening audience, the viewers can see it. We have a model of what is essence Arlington Stadium that turned that started in 1965 as Turnpike Stadium. And we have moved our bobblehead Texas Ranger to the front here. Uh, in the old white home uniform with the leggings. This guy's got leggings on. Now, you know, they wear them all the way down to their ankles that kind of look like pajamas. But in the old school, everybody wore leggings. And, Jason, did you play? Are you old enough to have wore leggings? Did you wear leggings in your baseball days? Mm-mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Never mind. No, no leggings. Real baseball players wear leggings. Don't tell anybody that's not wearing them. Because <laughs> that shortstop's pretty good that plays for the Rangers. And, I have not pointed this out here with all of our goodies here on the table is we have Eric Nadell's, a replica of Eric Nadell's microphone 
He is the longtime voice of the Texas Rangers, and we've got his microphone right here. And for those of you who are driving down the road listening to the show and not viewing it on YouTube, today I have on a 1993 Nolan Ryan home jersey, white jersey, Rangers across, blue letters outlined in red, 1993, the last year that the great legendary Nolan Ryan played for the Texas Rangers. Now, the Texas Rangers are going to start this World Series on Friday here in October of 2023, and they're going to play the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the World Series is returning to the desert for the first time since 2001. Don't know if you know this, but the Arizona Diamondbacks have won a World Series. And they came into existence, I believe, in like 1998. And they won a World Series in 2001. And see, the Florida Marlins, who came in with them, won a World Series in 2003. And that really chapped a lot of people who had been watching baseball all their life. Mm -hmm. And these two expansion teams have both got World Series in the first six years of existence. But the Arizona Diamondbacks have made it and advanced as the winning the National League pennant. And the Rangers, for the, first, uh, for the third time ever, 2010, 2011, and now in 2023 are going to be back in the World Series as well. Now, here is an interesting deal. After the pandemic, and as most of us know, there were no fans in the 2020 season, uh, except in Texas, in the playoffs. I don't know if you remember that, Jason. No, nobody. There was no fans in Major League Baseball in 2020 until they got to the playoffs. And if you recall, they moved the National League playoffs to Globe Life Field, which is where the Rangers play now. And they moved the American League playoffs to Houston, which is where the Houston Astros, that just got defeated by your Texas Rangers mm -hmm. here this last week over at the ju Juice Box, as we call it, better known as Minute Maid Park. Uh, and also at one time was in Enron Field, but you know about Enron and how all that went down. Indeed. Nevertheless, these two teams have taken some crazy directions, some crazy paths, been on a crazy railroad train since the 2021. I said that 2020, but then life kind of got back to a little bit of normal, not as normal as it ever will be before 2020. Now, let me give you some numbers here. If I told you what 212 means, would you know? Probably not. And nobody, there might be one or two on, on, on our, our show uh, you know what? I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say there'd be a lot because we have a quite educational, educated listening and viewing audience. The first number is 212. The second number is 182. And the third number is 394. Now, here's where this comes up with. In the year 2021, Jason, this year's two World Series participants, the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. The Diamondbacks in 2021 lost 110 games. The Rangers lost 102 games. Mm. These two teams in 2021 combined to lose 212 games just 24 months ago. 2022, the Diamondbacks lost 88 games last year. The Rangers lost 94. Both teams improved, mm -hmm. but... 88-94 is 182. There's your 212. There's your 182. And this year, in October, November of 2023, the two participants in the Major League Baseball World Series, which has been around for 100-plus years, 
the two participants lost 394 baseball games in the last two years. That is that that in essence is available for a pause to the mm-hmm. show. Sit there. Do not drive off the road when you're listening to this. In, incredible. Never in the history of sports has two teams turned it around so fast. Let alone in a in a sport where there's 162 ball games. You now have to win three series to get to the World Series. And and remember this: the Rangers only won one home game to make it to the World Series. They won all these games on the road, which is kind of the only negative going into this World Series is the Rangers have home field advantage. Yeah, I, maybe we ought to send all the games out to Arizona. <laughs> Three hundred and ninety-four losses combined against these two teams in a two-year span. That that is, that is just astronomically crazy. Wow. Well, okay. Well. Over here at Money Motivation and Mike, over the next couple episodes, we are going to focus on the Texas Rangers until this World Series is over with. I mean, we sit here and we talk about the Dallas Cowboys and we've talked about other teams and football and it is football season and some of my favorite teams are playing well, et cetera, et cetera. And here we go with another opportunity that the, one of these local Metroplex, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex teams have, have given us <clears throat> and Jason, we got to focus on it for a minute. Uh, the 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 Rangers. Uh, there's a whole lot of baseball fans in 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 uh, the area in Texas, in Oklahoma, Louisiana. The the Rangers draw well. They even drew well back when we didn't have a roof. Whenever it was 100 degrees at most of the games in the summer, et cetera, et cetera. But we got to go back here, and we got to talk about these Texas Rangers. And I, as always, like to go back and start with the inception because I have some things today that are really going to blow the listening audience away. And like I say. This is going to be a two-part, three-part episode because the World Series, which gets going here this week, uh, will end next weekend. So the next two to three episodes is going to be Texas Rangers baseball style in Texas. All right. Now, I bet you did not know that in 1951, there was a team called the Washington Senators that were started up in Washington, D.C., and in 1961, after some not so good times in the 1950s, and they played in the American League. And anybody that knows anything about the New York Yankees knows that the New York Yankees won most of the pennants in the 1950s and into the mid 1960s. But it didn't really matter if it was the Washington Senators or the Baltimore Orioles or whoever the the, the Boston Red Sox. The Yankees were winning, but nevertheless. The Washington Senators in 1961 announced their move to Minnesota. The Minnesota Twins are the old Washington Senators. Now, most people think that the Washington Senators just showed up uh, out of Washington, D.C. and became the Texas Rangers in 1972, but that's not the case. They originally were the Washington Senators of 1951, played 10 years there, and then relocated to Minnesota to become the Minnesota Twins. So how do we get to where we are today? In that same year, I mean, we're talking about the nation's capital. You would think that there would always be a team in the nation's capital, which there is like right now, not uh, the Washington Nationals who won the World Series and beat the Astros in 2019. Nevertheless, 
1961, the original Washington Senators moves to Minnesota, uh, to the Twin City area, and the Washington area was going to have a shot at another another franchise in the upcoming year. Well, at this same time, there was a group being put together called the Continental League. And the Continental League was going to move in and start a team in Washington, D.C. So Major League Baseball upped their schedule to expand in 1961. So you think about this. The Washington Senators move out in 1961 and become the Minnesota Twins. And within just a short period of time, a new team is awarded to Washington, D.C. I'm sorry, I said Washington Nationals. The Washington Senators moved to Washington DC uh, moved from Washington DC to Minnesota in 1961 and a short period of time later not a year later a new franchise is awarded to a Washington group and they then become the Washington Senators in 1961 the major league baseball expanded two teams as the Los Angeles Angels were now a team as well both teams so the Washington uh, Senators came into play and the Los Angeles Angels, both, were expansion teams in 1961 and came in. And the Senators, now we're going to start playing their inaugural season at Griffith Stadium. And then eventually in 1962, a new baseball stadium was being built called the District of Columbia Stadium, which later on becomes RFK. And RFK is where the old Washington Redskins made famous with with their uh, 80s accolades and into the early 90s of of baseball of football and and that's where the washington senators played uh from 1962 to 1971 now they signed uh a 10-year lease with the district of columbia stadium so now you come up to 1971 and guess what it is time to get out of washington the first 10 years in the 50s didn't work the second 10 years in the 60s didn't work so now here we go they were losing 90 games a season. As a matter of fact, the team's struggles led to jokes on Capitol Hill, and it went something like this. Washington, first in war, first in peace, and still last in the American League. That's what they said on on Capitol Hill for that 10-year stretch there. Uh, And their only winning season was in 1969. This is important for later on in the the telecast today. But their only winning season was in 1969 when Hall of Famer Ted Williams became the coach, the manager. They won 86 games, lost 76, and finished fourth place in the AL. Uh, Another big concurrent for the Washington Senators in those 60s is that the nearby Baltimore Orioles, roughly less than 40 miles from Washington, D.C. up to Baltimore, uh, the Baltimore Orioles were winning on a regular basis and won their first World Series in 1966. So you're sitting there trying to figure out where you're going to go watch baseball at today. You're probably going to go watch the Washington, uh, the, the Baltimore Orioles. You know, they got Frank Robinson, Brooks Robinson, uh, uh, Jim Palmer, and and they're they're competing there for World Series and 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 pennants and 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 won their first World Series in '66 and of course that didn't help the Senators' cause at all. So this is very very interesting. In 1968, that was also a great year. Late of '68, I don't know if it was December the 29th of '68, but Bob Short, Bob Short bought the team 
at a purchase price. The Washington Senators. Bob Short bought that, bought the Washington Senators for $9.4 million. Sounds like a cheap price. But in those day and age, it was a ridiculous price. By the end of the 1970 campaign, Short had issued an ultimatum to the Major League Baseball that unless someone is willing to buy the Senators, and at this time, the Senators were so far in debt, he needed $12 million to break even. So he paid 9.4 in 1968, and in 1970, he's got the Senators on the sales block for $12 million. Okay. If they if 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 he could not find a buyer for twelve million, then he would re, he would the, the lease was coming to an end the next ten year lease on RFK Stadium, then he would move the franchise elsewhere. All right, now I told you nine point four million. I told you he wanted twelve million in nineteen seventy, and the New York Yankees were sold in nineteen seventy three for eight point eight million dollars. Mm. to George Steinbrenner and the Steinbrenner family to this day still owns uh, the New York Yankees who are in one of those top five categories, typically right behind the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to value on the Forbes Forbes 500 list are the most, uh, the most impressive and uh, worthy um, franchises in sports history. So I'm going to say that was an awful business decision by Mr. Short uh, to go out and get these Washington senators, seeing how, a team with 1973, we're talking 75 years of New York Yankee history and all the legendary players that played for them. And this guy, Steinbrenner, five years later, pays $600,000 less for his team than this guy gave, that Mr. Short gave for the Washington Senators. I told you, there's some crazy stuff out there. Now, so Bob Short first looked, he first looked at moving the Washington Senators to Buffalo, New York. Now, I don't know if you've paid attention to weather, but doesn't it snow into late May up there? A little bit. Yeah. And and it's typically snowing before school starts back in August, September. And he's going to move a baseball team to Buffalo, New York. Well, obviously that didn't work out. And, and, and frankly, they were going to play at Rich Stadium, which is where the Buffalo Bills still play to this day. Buffalo Bills still play in the stadium that the Washington Senators were going to consider moving into when they relocated in 1972. <laughs> but then here we go with, um, now in the earlier years, by the way, uh, Charles Finley, who was the owner of the Kansas City A's, Jason, Kansas City A's, not the Kansas City Rolls, the Kansas City A's, who had came from Philadelphia. And he was having um, no good in the middle of Kansas City, and he was looking to relocate. And his first choice was Dallas. Um, as we all know, the, the the Oakland A's, which are now fixing to be the Las Vegas A's, came from Kansas City, who came from Philadelphia. But the Kansas City A's were that close to moving uh, to to uh, Washington. Excuse me, to Arlington. And we're going to get into this Arlington Stadium here momentarily in just a minute. But nevertheless, um, the the Kansas City A's were the first team that looked at coming to the Metroplex to become a Major League Baseball team uh, because of Arlington Stadium, which we'll, like I say, we'll get into, uh, which originally was called Turnpike Stadium, which held only 10,000 seats. But for a minor league ballpark, 10,000 seats is a lot of seats. And they built it in... um, 1965, and it opened up 
uh, in the Texas League. Now, if you know much about minor league baseball, the Double A Texas League is as good as it gets. Texas League baseball is what it's all about. And back in those days, the Dallas-Fort Worth um, uh, Cats uh, became uh, – I'm sorry, that's, that's incorrect. The, the Dallas-Fort Worth Spurs became – uh, the the main minor league team that played in the Texas League back in those days. And they were originally just in Fort Worth, and then they moved over and came into Turnpike Stadium. So how did the Rangers get to Arlington, Texas? Well, Vandergriff, uh, Vandergriff was the mayor of of Arlington, Texas at that time. And he goes and makes his pitch. And, and, and now he couldn't get back then. You ain't going down to the local bank. You're not going to them banks in New York and somebody loaning money on a sports franchise because the wealthy owned those. They were tax write-offs. They weren't these TV contracts that just as soon as these guys sign the dotted line, they become gazillionaires because of all the, all the TV money that's coming in. So you weren't going to go down here and borrow money at the bank and go buy the, uh, the Washington Senator Texas Rangers. So Vandergriff came up with multi-million dollar down payment so that Short would move them to Arlington. And when the move happened, the, the American League voted tw- 10 to 2. There were only 12, le- 12 teams in the American League at that time. They voted to, uh, a 10 to 2 to move the franchise to Arlington in 1972. The Senator fans were livid. Uh, they, they, they showed up in groves. As a matter of fact, the last ever uh, uh, Senator game on September the 30th, it was a Thursday in Washington, it did not finish. Because with two outs in the in the in the bottom of the ninth, with the Senators being down, and uh, guess who they're playing? New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, the the fans stormed the field to to get autograph to get to get merchandise, still in the bases, going in the dugout, oh, getting wow. bats, wow. and and it just turned into a, a a frenzy. And of course, with the bases are stolen, I don't I don't know that they had a bunch of extra bases in the. In the, in the dugout or the bullpen back in those days, but the game was called automatically forfeited, and the New York Yankees, by forfeit, won the last ever game in Washington, D.C. before the Washington Nationals came along. Very, very good stuff. So after moving the Washington Senators to Arlington to become the Texas Rangers, how why did they become the Texas Rangers? And the first ever state law investigative law enforcement agency was founded by Stephen F. Austin in 1823, and they were called the Texas Rangers. And the Texas Rangers at that time, Mexico still owned Texas, the Republic of Texas. But nevertheless, they were the first law enforcement. So Texas is banking a big bang. The the, the ball club's coming to Texas. We're going to make a a big old splash, and we're going to come in and, in essence, guns a-blazing. And you've seen some of those pictures of, of Nolan Ryan with with his, uh, with his pistols on his hips. And nevertheless, that's why they'd be called the Texas Rangers, because of the law enforcement, the first ever law enforcement in now what is called the state of Texas. So Texas played their first ever game April the 15th, 1972, and got beat one to nothing. Now you think about that. A pitcher comes in, and I don't know who the pitcher was, and shuts down the other team and only gives up one run, and your team don't score at all. But nevertheless, that was with our with our with our uh, expansion cousins from 1961, which is now called the California Angels. They were called the Los Angeles Angels when they came into town. Now they are the California Angels. Uh, so nevertheless, 
Texas did win on game two. They scored, uh, they defeated the Angels five to one to become their first ever victory in club franchise history. Now, in 1974, the Rangers experienced their first winning season after finishing last place both in 72 and 73. Uh, They finished second in the American League West with an 84 and 76 record. Now, if you go back, the first winning season by the Nationals or the Senators. Won 84 games under Ted Williams. We now come and win 84 games in 1974 under legendary iconic coach Billy Martin, who had not yet become a Yankee coach because he ended up taking the Yankees to World Series there in the late 70s. In 1974, the Rangers are still, or they were. Now, the, 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 the articles and information that I got, at that time, they were the only Major League Baseball team to finish above 500 after two consecutive 100-loss seasons. The 1974 Rangers had a winning record and finished second in the American League uh, West after losing 100 games in the previous two years. Now, when I started off this episode and I talked about the fact that uh, all these losses that come along with uh, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers. And Texas goes from losing 100 games to winning 84 games in one season. Now, they did, they did lose it back-to-back and become the first-ever team and the only team to ever lose 100 games in back-to-back seasons and then come back and finish with a 500 record. Okay, so the Rangers lost 102 games two years ago, 94 games. Now, I know that's still six away, but the Rangers themselves lost 196 games in the last two years. And, Jason, I don't know if you've heard, they're in the World Series 12 months later. I think I heard it in passing. Yes, you did. You did. All right. Hey, that 1974 season, and, and I know here at Money Motivation and Mike, is we're coming here to close, and I love this Turnpike Stadium stuff, and we may not be able to get to it today, but that 1974 season kind of put – not only the Texas Rangers, but the franchise, the ball club that started out as the Washington Senators, it put everybody on the map. And here, here's the reason why. Because Mike Hargrove, the first baseman, was awarded the American League Rookie of the Year. Billy Martin was named American League Manager of the Year. Jeff Burroughs, you ever heard of that name? Jeff Burroughs, the first ever MVP of the Rangers. And the Rangers have several MVPs. Uh, and Ferguson Jenkins was named Comeback Player of the Year after winning 25 games, which is still to this day a club record for uh, for Ranger pitchers. 25 games. The record's only 30, Jason. And Ferguson Jenkins won 25. So it was a very, very good year. The, 70, the late 70s uh, uh, was, was so-so. The 80s were not very good. The 90s, we kind of got it going together because – the Rangers have made nine appearances in Major League postseason, and seven of those are as division champions. So if you remember back in our first year, 96, and, and the Rangers won their first ever playoff game against the New York Yankees and basically had game two won, and we threw the ball down the, third, the first baseline on a bunt and end up getting beat. So we play 96, 98, and 99. Now, if you remember the significance of those years, as well as 2000 and into 2001, those were the Yankee legendary years. That was really the last kind of dynasty that Major League Baseball had. I know the Atlanta Braves won a division forever, but they only won one World Series there in those uh, 90s and 
into the 2000s. But in 96, 98, 99, you got the Texas Rangers getting beat every year by the New York Yankees. And the New York Yankees are going on and beating uh, and winning the World Series. Okay. And then they won it again in 20, uh, in, in the year 2000 uh, by beating the Mets. And now remember, in 2001, the New York Yankees in the World Series get beat by the Arizona Diamondbacks, which the Texas Rangers will be playing within 24 hours. So history all ties back and forth here. Uh, won the division seven times, 96, 98, 99, 2010, 2011, the two years we did go to the World Series. And I'm just going to have to bring it up. In 2011, we were one strike away twice against the St. Louis Cardinals. And forever, misery. But not this year. Not this year. This year is the year. We're, we we will be on this show in the next couple of weeks with World Series Championship. You've heard it right here. Call your sports bookies, whoever you go to your next door neighbor, put in a $5 bet, whatever you're going to do. And then we won the, won the uh, division again in 2015 and 2016 as wild. And then as wildcard teams in 2012. And then this year in 2023 as wildcard. Prior to 2010, the Rangers were the only professional sports franchise to have never advanced past the first round of the playoffs. The football, baseball, hockey, basketball, I think it's 123 teams. The Rangers going into the 2010 season had never were the only franchise to have never won a series and advanced pass the opening round. How about that? Well, nevertheless, that that's over and behind us and everything else and we played the we played the San Francisco Giants that year, who by the way is was coached by Bruce Bochy, who is now the Rangers coach. Mm. It's just all ties together here, Jason. This, this is good stuff. I mean, I've, I've even I've even got the Arizona Diamondbacks in here from 2001 and those and those Yankee teams. I mean, this is this is what it's all about right here. Okay. Um, the Rangers are the oldest major league team to never have won a World Series and in 62 years are the second active longest team to have not won a World Series, a, world, a championship behind the now what's called the Cleveland Guardians. Now they're the Cleveland Indians. Mm. So we're the oldest franchise to have not won the World Series and we are in the second oldest drought because I believe the Indians won it in the 50s, 59, I believe. Uh, but nevertheless, we are on the longest drought in baseball uh, without ever winning. Because, see, the Seattle Mariners and, 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 and some of those teams, the Rockies, they're all expansion teams later on, um, including the Montreal Expos, who are now the Washington Nationals, by the way. But, but nevertheless, we're on the longest drought of a team and this goes back to 1961, because that's when I said 62 years. It doesn't go from 72. It goes from 62. Uh, 61, excuse me. <clears throat> we're on the longest drought of 62 years without winning a World Series. And we're on the second longest drought without a championship ever right in front of the Cleveland Guardian Indians. So there you go. How about that? Now, one last thing I'm going to leave you here with, which is this tidbit, and it all ain't going to matter after we beat the, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Right. From 1961 through the 2022 season, the Texas Rangers' all-time regular season 
win-loss record. We have 4,650 victories and 5,146 losses. Mm. That is a .475 clip. So what I'm pointing out here is the Texas Ranger fan base has been dealing with losing for a long time, and it stops right now. In the next two weeks, the Texas Rangers will bring home the championship, and we can finally get that one pitch twice in 2011 at the St. Louis Car- at the hands of the St. Louis Cardinals behind us. Now, we are way deep into this episode here at Money Motivation and Mike, and as you can tell, I've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I've got this stadium out here on the table that, um, that, that, that brings me back to one of our childhood memories of bat night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I told you, it was cheap to get in that outfield. And that was general admission out there. Yes. There, was, there was no reserved seats. It was a, a free-for-all when those gates opened. And if you played on a Little League baseball team anywhere within driving distance of this park, on bat night, your coach more than likely took you to that field, to that stadium, to Turnpike Stadium, to Arlington Stadium. And those bats were as loud as you can ever remember. <laughs> as, I, as I told you, Jason, off the air, if you could leave that night and you didn't have a headache, then you probably were deaf. Because those bats banged all night from five-year-old T-balls to however old the coach was that brought them kids into that park. It's all about Arlington Stadium. We're going to stop right there, and we're going to start back up with that. We'll have our World Series updates next week. We'll try to go a little bit later on. But from a 10,600-seat stadium, Arlington Stadium turns into 43,521 when it was shut down in 1993. And we're going to get into that. And I'm going to leave you with this one last tidbit. When they were building Arlington Stadium, Turnpike Stadium, mm-hmm. let's go back to Turnpike. When they were building Turnpike Stadium there on I-30, which was, which, and, and at that time, it was a Turnpike. You had to pay to be on that road. Now it's I-30, and it's, I think it's also called Tom Landry Highway because it butts up out there to where the Cowboys play, of course, and also tees in to Nolan Ryan Way, which is out there. I mean, this is all kinds of good stuff. But anyway, when they're building Turnpike Stadium in the 1965, uh, 1965 when it opened, they built the park where it could expand to attract Major League Baseball, which in essence in 72 it does with our Texas Rangers, and expanded all the way. It, it could be expanded to 50,000 seats, the Rangers, unfortunately, could not fill up 50,000 seats. Mm-hmm. So uh, it stopped at 43,521. But the makeup of the stadium, the infield bleachers could be moved. Most people don't know that. They did eventually make them permanent in the 80s. But the infield bleachers could be moved. And here's the reason why. Because the Dallas Cowboys were playing at that, what was called a dump, called the Cotton Bow in downtown Dallas. And you're playing in a stadium that's 40-something years old in the 1960s. And Mr. Vandergriff, the mayor of Arlington, Texas, not only trying to get a franchise into the Metroplex for baseball, had aspirations of getting the Dallas Cowboys into Arlington, Texas, where they play today. And the first shot at that was as get them out of the cotton bow and get them out to play in Turnpike Stadium, and they had built that for football. How about that? Did not know. Arlington, Arlington, um, 
uh, Arlington had visions of Dallas Cowboys being in Arlington, Texas in the 60s. And then eventually the Cowboys turned to Arlington and come into town in 2009 because Irvin, Texas stepped up and built what was just an iconic place in Texas Stadium, the hole in the roof, so God could watch his football team um, and moved into that stadium in the summer or or mid-season of 1971. But Arlington had its eyes on the Dallas Cowboys all the way back to 1965. For Money, Motivation, and Mike, uh, we, are, we are very, very pleased with the continued, continued audience, listening and viewing audience. We give you the numbers. You are obviously loving what we're putting out, good or bad. You're listening. We hope that you're all in love with everything we talk about, and you continue to show it off to us by texting us at info at mx3.vip and obviously finding all of our content, mx3.vip. And then, of course, the YouTube channel is being hit hard right now, youtube.com slash at mx3podcast. And, of course, don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the icon bell to get notified of all our new content, which over the next couple episodes is going to be about the Texas Rangers. I'm not putting world champions behind it yet, but I feel very good about our chances. So for everyone who's been a part of this, we thank you very much for listening and viewing. And until next time, continue to live your life the right way.